comics, movies, music, video games, technology, Blu-ray, television. This is the HHW LOD Podcast Network. Erwick is gone, the canisters are gone, we've got nothing here. Damn it! You are now on a secure channel and ready to listen to 24, the Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast. This is a podcast focused on the Fox television series 24 and its new mini-season, Live Another Day. I am mail clerk Aaron Newworth, writer for WiseTheBlue.com and the host of the film podcast, Out Now with Aaron and Abe. And with me is, also from Wise the Blue and the Naptown Nerd, Special Agent Brandon Peters. Good evening. And from Senator Maxwell, it's Senior Director, Maxwell Haddad. Salutations, listeners. The events of this podcast occur in real time. Tonight's episode, we're talking about Day 9, Episode 3, 1 p.m. to 2 p.m. Pretty straightforward in those episode titles, I'd have to say. And, uh, yeah, this is the, this is the you know, we, we did the, the two-hour season premiere last week, and now we're talking about the third, the, the following episode. Uh, any general thoughts on this one? A solid episode with a, a pretty uh, eye-opening ending. Yeah, I agree. I enjoyed the episode, and, and I think the, in particular, the ending was simultaneously awesome and morally questionable and that is what 24 does best exactly yes yeah for sure and even if we get to that exciting kind of ending i we said i've said i've said a lot that this show 24 generally relies on you know very forward plot momentum to keep it going but this is an episode that really had a lot it rounded out a lot of the characters especially i mean obviously it introduced a couple more but it really did a fine job of smoothing out some of the edges of some of these characters. They're not necessarily the deepest people you ever encounter, but it does a good job of being like, hey, we got this big plot going, but we still have some time to kind of shape these people that we're going to be following for the next ten hours after this. Uh, yeah, we're not jumping away to new characters, a bunch of new characters. We're sitting and enjoying the ones we have. Yeah. All right, so with that said, what is this episode about? Kate Morgan continues her hunt for Jack as Heller prepares to address Parliament after a devastating attack. Margot Al-Harazi proves she is willing to sacrifice anything for revenge. So yeah, that's the a key piece of information there is that we find out Mar- it's Margot Al-Harazi, um, and we learn more of her connections later on in this episode. But let's, uh, let's start with what we have here. So, okay, Jack Bauer, he hits the pub, he finds a dead Yates, he's checking with Chloe, seeing like, what's happened, he finds there's there were apparently no CCTV cams out the back door. We talked about last week how London has like the biggest CCTV camera system in the world, yet this is the one area that there was no cameras, but it doesn't matter, they were able to go from across the street, find out what happened anyway, um, and Jack kind of goes in pursuit of the person that killed Yates. Uh, we get back to uh, Basher, who we find out is still alive. Basher and his his band of merry men who were protecting Yates before Jack, you know, barged in. Um, they all show uh, Kate, Kate and what's um Eric. Eric, thank you. So Kate and Eric, they're showing Jack Bauer's photo to Basher and his gang, and they're denying to know him whatnot. She she gets a, they get a call. Eric gets a call from Navarro, who says that the CIA can't be found like involving themselves in this situation when, before the police get here, so they have to leave. But Kate does not take that as an answer. She ta- she lets er- everyone else gets let go, but she takes she, she knocks out Basher and takes him with them because she he needs to she needs to find out the information on you know how to find Jack and what's going on here. Uh, we get back to Jack who's in a, who's now like pursuing uh, who we later learn's name is Simone. Uh, we we Jack is pursuing her in a subway. 
there's an elaborate kind of chase where he's in the subway car. She's in there. She's trying to figure out how to get out of the situation since she knows that Jack is following her. She cuts herself, which made me think, okay, where's where's this going? Uh, she smears some blood in her face and exits the subway car once it stops. It says, oh, he's trying to hurt me, to which I had my favorite Jack Bauer reaction where he says, she's lying! And um, <laughs> and people try to get in his way. To, yeah, people try to get in his way to stop him. But you know, he Jack Bauer easily subdues the random citizens that try to get in his way as he chases after Simone. But she still gets away anyway. Uh, meanwhile, we're waiting for Chloe to kind of pick up where Simone is. She's watching all the different cameras, seeing where she's going to exit out of. But she soon sees like a family, um, most notably a husband and a son. They're crossing the road and just distracts Chloe. And at that point, she just loses track of where Simone's going, and she manages to escape. And Jack, while he doesn't yell, damn it, he does get a little annoyed that they lost their uh, one lead, who had the device that they're desperately seeking to chase after. So that's our first break in the episode. So a lot of stuff there. I think we should focus on Chloe first, since this is the Jack and Chloe adventure cast. And um, so we learned a lot about Chloe. I think last week we kind of thought that uh, Chloe and Morris were obviously not together anymore, but we didn't, we didn't really know exactly what happened. This week we learned out very clearly what happened. Should have been a silent clock after she told us. Uh, what did happen? What went, what went down? What happened? Well, apparently Morris and her son got nailed by a truck and killed in a crash, and she was supposed to be the one who picked her son up from wherever Morris was picking him up from, and it was apparently a hit on Chloe. Because she, based on the knowledge that she knew about Jack Bauer yes. leaving the United States. Right. Poor Morris will never see ye again. Sad stuff to deal with Chloe. As if we needed more to deal with, with Chloe in terms of the drama in her life right now. Yes, beyond just being, you know, now goth Chloe, she also has this very dark past involving her former husband no, and she's son. she's not goth Chloe. She's Elizabeth Salander Chloe. Okay. Yes. Dragon tattoo Chloe. I don't know. With the CTU tattoo. <laughs> it's pretty tragic stuff. For a character who, you know, although a perpetual sourpuss is, you know, at least in the run of the series, hasn't had too much bad stuff happen to her directly. You know, she's been adjacent to a party to Jack's various tragedies, but to hear it having affected her in such a way sort of brings back to mind that first season where Jack's wife gets shot. And it, it, what, it, what it makes me think about is here are two people who, for better or worse, have devoted their lives to protecting this country, you know, working in the, the secret services, the, being spies, etc. And because of the actions they had to take for the better of their country, they have both suffered immeasurably. For sure. And it's a good way to kind of, given that this is 24, it's years later, we only have so many characters that connect back to the original series. Chloe is obviously, you know, the most notable character besides Jack Bauer that's still, you know, featured on 24. Uh, you know, Audrey, you can kind of say, but Chloe's been on more episodes, that's where I'm getting at. And, you know, having her rounded out more as a character and giving her more of a backstory certainly puts her, you know, akin to Jack, who, you know, has suffered for basically nine days straight in terms of the series. <laughs> like, it's, it's a nice way to, to build a connection between them that works both in terms of the history of this show and how audiences respond to that, and for people that are, you know, just coming to 24 for the first time. It's very new user-friendly. Uh, what else? Um, so Basher's alive. That's a that's a yeah. thing. It's uh, him and all his men. So has Jack killed anyone this season yet? I uh, I don't think he actually has. I mean, he there was the one guy he was holding hostage, but the Basher's uh -huh. men shot him. But I don't think Jack's actually killed anybody yet this season. Pretty sure that's true. 
Because I, you know, I thought he took out some of those guys, and he sliced Vasher on the neck. Who had a, apparently just on the side of the neck. Yeah. Yeah, but you saw you saw Basher later shooting down towards. Takes Hayden a while to bleed out. Takes a while to bleed out. It well, it was just a little <laughs> frantic based on everything that was happening all at the same time. So we didn't really realize if Basher was like if the CIA shot back and got him, or he just kind of faded or not. But yeah, it turns out they just apprehended everybody. Yeah, the thing is, if Jack Bauer wants someone dead, they're gonna die. And if he just wants to harm them or incapacitate them. He does, he's capable of that. And we certainly haven't seen a reason for Jack to really need to kill anybody so far this season. It's more of just subdue people that get in his way. Right, right. So the body count may be rising in this season, but Jack Bauer, still zero so far. Uh, what about that subway chase? That was pretty neat. I, I, I like how they, they found her by the cameras recognizing her case. Jack mentions, he, he like looks in the... Jack is proving to be you know almost more observant than ever, almost having like a Sherlockian attention to detail and so when he's leaving the pub after finding yates's body he sees in the trash the wig and 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 whatever so they she's obviously changed her appearance so they track her based on that very specific looking metal case that had yates's drone hacking device in it ah yeah so yeah it was they can they can recognize by item to find somebody it was kind of nifty and 24 friendly all right, so let's move on then. Let's get to the act after the break. Um, let's see, what is the main stuff that happens here? We learn that Mark, the chief of staff, uh, love potion number nine, Tate Donovan, he gets um, <laughs> Jack's, uh, what, what do we call that? Jack, Jack's relocation plan? It's called um, rendition. Rendition, thank you. God, yeah. killing me. <laughs> I'm just making up a term. Rendition is basically a document where that one country signs in order to hand over a... Uh, prisoner to another country, mm-hmm. usually a political prisoner. There was a movie um, rendition called as such with Jake Gyllenhaal a couple years ago. So yeah, the the kind of the 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 form the uh, the forms are have been made up, and Mark is told that he has to give that to the president to get him to sign it. And Mark just kind of sweeps. It. He's like, yeah, I'll take it and I'll give it to him. At that very moment, Audrey walks in, give what to him, she says, and uh, Mark basically you know sweeps that under the rug to deal with the other thing that's happening, which is of course President Heller's you know speech. Um, or at least the words that he's going to try and share um, in front of is it where's he going? Is he going to part? Is it Parliament along with the press? But where's he? Like who is he addressing? Heller. Yeah. Yeah, he's he's going to address British Parliament. British Parliament and his. And what what's funny is um, you think of British people at least compared to Americans, and this is obviously you know dealing with stereotypes to an extent, but you think of them as so prim and proper with their you know and crumpets and kind attitudes, but British Parliament, just the, the nature of it and the way that it engages is far more incendiary and angry than U.S. politics. You know, if you watch C-SPAN and you see, you know, the Senate or the House of Representatives, it's very, very subdued, you know, there's order and due process, whereas in British Parliament, if someone wants to say something, they just freaking scream at each other. I've seen footage of, of parliamentary proceedings wherein they... You know, you would think you're watching, you know, people like arguing over, you know, a domestic dispute. That's how impassioned they get. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's part of what Boudreaux's fears were regarding Heller addressing Parliament is that it's not a typical, you know, question and answer session. They get, as we see later on, really, really angry. And with that, the idea is that Mark wants to tell Audrey to convince Heller to stop before he you know, goes right in and head first and maybe has to deal with his condition versus what Maxwell's just described, the kind of 
chaos that ensues in these kind of format. Um, I, I find it interesting that they are very clearly skirting around labeling his condition as anything in particular. I think, yeah, yeah. it's because I, I see that I see that a lot. Like uh, like Monk was a show that never really labeled what what his deal was beyond. Right. They Even it, though it was clear in that show and in this, I mean, it seems almost too obvious that it's Alzheimer's, mm-hmm. which makes me question if something else is going on. I mean, I think 24 has always been careful around that kind of thing where he doesn't want to directly label something, he just wants to kind of present an idea that's generally acceptable. That's why a lot of the Middle Eastern countries are never named in this series either. And it, uh, it just pre- it presents something that you can kind of recognize without having to maybe offend somebody or maybe handle things the wrong way by naming something specifically like it it manages to find ways to get around it to an extent whether it's effective or not that's another story yeah yeah uh mark wants audrey to to talk down to talk heller out of going through with his thing uh once she leaves mark then of course forges the president's signature on the rendition plan <laughs> which i'm given the ease of which he did that i'm wondering how many times he's actually forged the president's signature in the past uh, Makes me wonder he how kind of seals his fate with that too. We know something. Oh, yeah. it's not going to end well for him. <laughs> yeah, he's not a, a very nice guy. It makes me wonder how many times Rahm Emanuel, previously or now Dennis McDonough, forges Obama's signature. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Obama can't possibly sign everything, can he? Like, dear John, thank you for the vase. That's what... sincerely, President Obama. That, that's what stamps are for. Yeah, stamp. Like stamp. <laughs> well, as this happens, we also learn more about the Al Harazis, Margot and Simone. Well, of course, Margot's played by Michelle Fairley, and Simone is who we've been following since the opening of the episode, who's now, you know, a redheaded British woman. So, yeah, Simone makes it all the way back to uh, their their you know evil 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 bad guy lair out in the country. Uh, which it's more I more just like a country estate, more than a lair. It's no, I'm gonna, I'm gonna call it evil bad guy lair. Um, quite lovely. <laughs> it's just very, it's just very proper looking because they're in London. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, the the se- so the second they get there, they meet up with another person. Or Simone gets there. She meets they they introduce another character. His name is Navid. She calls him brother at first, which is like, all right, that's something. And then immediately it's established that they're also lovers. So obviously, no, I, no, no. No, there's a brother no, and a lover. There's two dudes. There's two dudes? There's yeah, there's two Hold on. Ian and her husband, Naveed, and they're, they don't even look similar. One's white and one's... Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't looking very closely enough, apparently, because I was taking notes. No, there are two the very clearly defined dudes. Ian, the brother, who's like the tech hacker who needs to work on Yates' device to make it um, compatible with their system. And then Naveed, her lover, That husband. makes way more sense. Okay. Yeah. Oh, my God. Brother and lover. This is what happens when he takes notes while watching the show. I'm, like, looking down. That's up. what happens when a Game of Thrones actor's in a scene. Your mind immediately goes to incest. <laughs> You're like, oh, here we go again. I didn't think incest. I thought it was That's more why like, they got her. Like a saying that they had. We said, bro, like, I don't know, whatever. That, that okay, that's way more helpful. Um, <laughs> so we do learn that there's a brother then named Ian. Later on, we learn that there is a... <laughs> a lover named Naveed. You know, when Naveed walked in, for some reason, in the back of my head, I was like, please be adult Beirut. Please <laughs> be adult Beirut. That that crossed my mind briefly. I was like, is that? Yeah. Which would have been like... like a Wild, but... <laughs> Wild. And basically spend this kind of portion of the episode dealing with who these people are, as 24 is want to do. They establish these villains and give them, you know, some kind of backing of what's going on with them and wh- why they're doing the things they're doing, which is still kind of vague. We learn a, what do we learn from Jack, like uh, Jack and Chloe? They look up what's going on with, with Margot and 
somehow incorrect. They, I, I think, um, yeah, Jack was familiar with the name Al Harazi. Um, from what I remember, Margot was married to a guy who was very heavily involved with Al Qaeda, mm-hmm. um, and Margot has known terrorist ties and and has been responsible for terrible bombing. I can't remember where he said. Did he say Palestine? I can't remember. But, you know, she has a very clear record, and it seems to me that her husband is dead. Yes, and she likely wants, you know, justice, revenge, whatever you want. As the synopsis of the episode informs us, Mm -hmm. her her motivation is more than just destruction. It's revenge. I I found um, this whole depiction of these people in in this house almost cult-esque. For some reason, I was reminded... And this is a better show, but I was reminded a bit of the following. Um, I don't know why, but just sort of the, you know, this creepy manor estate and the way that Margot seems to basically, you know, be the puppet master of all these people. It's 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 why I call it a lair because it does kind of seem <laughs> it seems more or less like this is this is where all the villains hang out and yes this has this this woman at the head of it who is very intimidating but Joe Verily is doing a very good job of being this kind of ever present figure that's contr- that gets easily controlling everybody even when we, even after we see Navid kind of showing that he has doubts about the plan and everything like it's I I get very curious to see where this goes and if there is an even you know higher goal in mind or anything like that of that nature. Well, one of the things I'm kind of crossing my fingers for is by only having 12 episodes that it won't be a situation where, you know, Jack foils it early on and then they reveal another secret plan. Yeah, that is something that I you know, consider, too, this, given that we have the this 12 whole, this These three episodes so far, although there are a lot of characters and a lot of moving parts, have had a certain, I don't know, intimacy that I found very appealing. There's no fat thus far. You know, and obviously it's only been three episodes, but still, you think of some of the other seasons, and even within the first three episodes, they were introducing subplots that would become more prevalent later on, just because they knew they had to fill, you know, 18, 19 hours worth of TV, as opposed to here, which is like eight hours. For sure. Which nine is Nine hours. Which is impressive, again, because this is, for the most part, a very big character-building episode, as opposed to kind of a plot-forwarding. I, I mean, there's a lot of... There's a lot of story established in this episode, and we do move the pieces along, but it does a good job of kind of balancing both aspects, which is something that 24 sometimes has issues with. Uh, okay, let's uh, move on to the next break then. Uh, we get back, Jack and Chloe get back to Adrian, Michael Wincott, of course. Um, at that point, I realized that this is actually a Three Musketeers reunion. Something I noticed in the recap, which I forgot about, every time you have the previously on 24, you have like the names of everything drop in, so you like are caught up more effectively, I guess. Um, and so they're calling this open cell, this kind of hipster CTU that's being presented to us. So that's it. Jack gets back, and he once again has to kind of ask Adrian to help him out in his very gruff and mean manner. They need to. What do they have to do? They have to locate. Um, there's uh, uh, two goals. He wants to first of all try and uh, use the. You know, Chloe was able to capture that one image of Yates's. Drone. drone hacking device, so he wants to try and recapture and, and gain proof of that, and then also he wants to get him himself in front of Heller to to talk to him about it. That's the main thing. Yeah, he wants to. Yeah. He, he needs to, he needs to get all the information he can in order to make his presentation to Heller or you know somebody higher up, so he can hopefully get more authorities involved in stopping this thing from happening. Um, Adrian 
reluctantly agrees to help, to put it mildly. Um, we get back to Basher, um, who Kate is now escorting to a part of town where he is not in the held in the best of light, and Kate and Eric repeatedly ask him to give him the information he needs. Uh, Basher initially is refusing, and he's willing to go through torture, or sorry, special activities, without giving up any information, but once Kate explains that he is now in near the, the other gang members that have that he you know, treated wrongly, to put it mildly, in the past, um, and is being threatened to kind of be thrown, being basically be thrown to the wolves. Basher quickly relents and gives up all the information he wants to, and they're able to drive out of there. I'm curious if that's the end of Basher or not. And the last thing before the break again, we get a little, little glimpse at Tanner, who's now being escorted um, to Parliament with lots of very angry citizens on the streets and knowing about what's happened with the, with this random drone attack that occurred. Um, all right, so that's the end of that part. Let's get to that. Let's get to that Basher scene first, because this is really Kate coming into her own on this show. I would say, and be beyond just you know being smart enough to recognize things that Jack Bauer is doing, also showing that she has some methods of her own that are quite effective. She's not really. I mean, it's really cool thing. I don't think we've seen anything like on Twenty Four, but she takes the time to drive to some part of town where you know he's not super popular. People probably want to kill him, and I like how she. You know, sits there and then slowly rolls the window down to reveal them to the the goons that are standing outside this place. Like what? Because it's like they're all black windows. They're like wondering what's this car doing here, and she's slowly yeah. like she unlocks the doors and she starts rolling down the window. <laughs> like, and she's never once nervous herself or loses her cool. It's, <clears throat> and watch him slowly freak out, which is interesting and a new tactic without you know brutalizing the guy. The scene was uh, was kind of like a uh, psychological torture. Yeah, I thought it was a cool twist on the the sort of tactics Jack would use, you know, not threatening violence yourself, but putting the suspect you're interrogating in a very uh, risky situation for him. I found it very intense. You know, first she unlocked the door, you know, ratcheting it up, then she, you know, slow, slightly rolled down the window until finally he breaks. We also see that Eric and um, their and Kate they're learning about uh, Tanner's involvement as well in this whole drone thing. And did we know that Tanner was like? I guess I don't know if this was assumed or not, but did we know that Tanner was in the area last week? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, in the first episode, there were like little title cards of where they were. Uh huh. Yeah. And it said like U.S. Air Force Base, you know, outside of London, something like that. That's a paraphrase. Which obviously it makes sense that he's in the city because obviously you're going to have to involve these actors in these different, you know, scenarios eventually. So, it yeah, it's fu- it's funny you mentioned that because I remember reading a review. Maybe it was the AV. I can't remember AV Club or something that said, well, it looks like John Boyega is going to be out of the show until like the finale because he has now a seven-hour flight to London. I was like. But they said he was in London, so he's just <laughs> getting in the car. It's a it's a quick thing because I missed it. It was a, it's a quick. Yeah, thing well, so to, much yeah. happens, yeah. especially in these early episodes where it jumps from you know setting up these scenarios. It's an easy thing to miss, but he was definitely in in the area. Yeah, and so you know with them learning about what's going on here and hearing of the strange occurrences involving the drones and his story versus you know what the assumed story is. Like obviously, Kate. She's picking up on things and things, seeing how things just aren't right with Jack Bauer reappearing and all that. So it, it's it's certainly you know setting up the, the puzzle pieces on the board and you know moving them around to see how these different characters are all going to kind of find each other at some point. So moving on to the next break, um, with since Simone 
decide to cut herself. We get to a scene where Margot stitches her back up. She imparts some wisdom to her, which includes less gentle in the stitching process as she explains yeah. to Simone why she needs to be on her, you know, on her A game here in this, you know, on the day of things that are going to happen that are going to be very important. It's a very kind of intimidating series monologue that she gives to, to Simone and once again kind of expresses who Michelle Fairley is as this person and why she's kind of at the top here and what what kind of what kind of imposing nature she has. She's scary. I'm scared of her. She is. Yeah, definitely. It's it, she brings a weird vibe to her. It's just you don't know she's what's going to so happen. She's so calm and cold and collected. It's kind of chilling. It's keeping keeping me on edge. Michelle Fairley's kind of awesome. Yeah. Eric um he he expresses how he, he's impressed with what what Kate what Kate's been doing. Um, Navarro, Navarro uh, calls in, and he's very angry about the about the uh, British citizen that's been insult- assaulted. But she explains that they got the intel that she needs, and that now they need to go and question Tanner. Navar- Benjamin Bratt's kind of just like the guy that's like he's he's making all those by the book decisions, and you like you can't you're just frustrated with him because he's he's so he seems so clearly wrong, yet it makes sense in his own logic but still like come on guy like things are happening we need to get you on the other side of this it's a stub it's a stubbornness that again frustrates me with 24 in a good way because i'm like ah this guy moving on we get to audrey who does talk to heller heller doesn't want to he's not going to back down from talking to parliament he's he's set on this and lastly we get to uh back at open cell where they're creating jack's fake id for him to get into the the embassy and so is uh kate and tanner and Tanner. They're all seeing the same way. Yeah. But, uh, okay, yeah. so yeah, in, in creating the fake ID for Jack to get inside, Adrian, he does, he he, he inputs something that makes uh, Jack's uh, potential getting in process a lot harder than it's going to need to be, because they're going to flag him as soon as his ID gets checked. Let's start with that. What do we think of Adrian? What do we think his overall plan is here? I'm not sure yet. Yeah, it's really hard to tell. I mean, he... Kind of, it seems like he wants to just help Jack to get this over with and get him out of the way and continue with what he's doing. But, I mean, it's just, yeah, you don't know. <laughs> yeah, I see two poss- two main possibilities. Either one, he just thinks Bauer's a dick and wants him out of the way. Or two, he's a, a bad guy and maybe even somehow working with Yates. Yates or... Was working with well, Yates. Yeah. They did work together. Or, like, connected to Fairly in some way, obviously. I mean, there's right. plenty of ways it's to say shit. In the drone plot. I don't know. I just, I don't know. His his motivations are unclear. It, it's kind of evil having Michael Wincott play the role because, you know, he's, like, a villain expert. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah, that's part of where it comes from. But even he's, like, underplaying it. Like, it seems like he's very, I mean, which makes me think that there's going to be some kind of giant turn with him where he suddenly becomes the kind of Michael Wincott character you know and love as the I, I still villain. think he's... I still kind of think Adrian has has a thing for Chloe. That's what I'd like to lean yeah. on too. I do think it again is playing just playing with your expectation because of those who are more in the know know what Michael Wincott's capable of as in terms of kind of a a villainous character actor, and by using that against that audience, and then you know meshing that with him just being a guy that maybe he just really wants to get on with you know the things that he likes to do or like you know get on with being around Chloe and his group and doing the things that they're used to doing and not working for, you know, some random guy that's holding a gun while making requests of them. Uh, it, we'll see. I, I don't know. I don't, <laughs> I don't know what to think with his character. but I like that. It's good to have a little mystery and intrigue. For sure. It's like it genuinely, genuinely makes you want to tune in again and 
find out just what exactly is going on. Uh, what do we think of uh, Heller going through with it anyway? Not listening to, not letting uh, not letting his daughter make him back down. That was crazy. That just you know getting attacked up front like that. Oh, we'll get to the, we'll get to the actual what so, happens, but in terms of like Audrey versus Heller. I mean, I feel really really bad for Heller, um, and that's partly because William Devane is bringing so much heart to his performance. I can certainly understand particularly someone who is the most powerful, you know, ostensibly the most powerful man in the free world, want, doesn't want to listen to what may turn out to be reason and wants to be the, you know, master of his own destiny. He, he wants to still show that he's got it. And he, you know, clearly believes in what he's trying to say. They made it clear in the episode that, you know, the peace talks and, and the drones and everything are like what he wanted to be the main remembered as the main accomplishment of his term as president yeah it's it's funny to see how mark reacts early on with he seems like he mark seems very calculating i think that's something i can even though his plans might or you know most definitely are going to fall through the way he like describes early on how this just isn't gonna, in his world Heller's not going to give his the, his speech he's not he's not going to talk he's not going to address anything and they'll pick it up later when they can and hopefully be able to make things work in that realm it, it, it makes me wonder again what kind of things Mark has done during the ter- during Heller's term as president. How much power he you know kind of has assumed since you know learning of Heller's condition or even beforehand or even how how nefarious he is in general or even once again if he's involved in some way in this overall plot that's happening. Like who knows? It's a way of keeping us on our toes again, I guess. Just like just like with Adrian. Um, okay, moving on to the last bit of this episode, we have <laughs> we have an, we have a lot of things happening here. We have an angry Navid. Um, who, who he has his doubts about the mission. I think he he understands the mission, but he's expressed concern about being responsible for the deaths of many. Uh, Simone tries to calm him down, which leads to some sexy times, which is very creepily watched by Margot from a camera, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> proving once again that London has the most extensive CCTV camera system. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, that, that's that's that. Um, Stephen Fry comes out as the Prime Minister once again, because it's like, hey, Stephen Fry's here, why not keep using him? And uh, also recommends that Heller stand down and, you know, <laughs> putting words against Parliament. Uh, but, but Heller does go up uh, right away. The second he's about to address people, they just start shouting at him everything that basically Mark was throwing at him early on, which, for all the faults that were given to Mark, he was certainly right about what's exactly going to happen to him the second he starts, you know, sh- uh, trying to give his speech. And we don't, re- we'll, we'll get back to that next week, I'd imagine, as he gives some kind of, he has to say something. Uh, but then we move on to Jack, who is attempting to infiltrate the, the, uh, the embassy, correct? Yes. Yeah. He's attempting to get into the embassy. He's rocking all his leather and sunglasses to make sure he looks as, mo- it's as inconspicuous as possible, I guess. Um, he hands over the ID. He has to get Nothing in. Nothing about his outfit is inconspicuous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> on a on a very sunny day in London, no less. Just transferring some papers. He provi- Yeah. He provides the he provides the his ID. They check it. He uh, is automatically flagged. He Chloe informs him of this because she's figured out that something's going on between what Adrian's done and things back in open cell. Uh, he tells she tells Jack to get out of there. Jack says he has to get in, and so he starts to make. A scene where he throws his bag away, takes off his jacket, subdues a guard, takes a gun, shoots two civilians in the legs to say, they're shooting at us, and causes, like, a giant panic. 
They're shooting at yeah. us. Kate and Eric have entered the scene as well. She sees Bauer, so she starts chasing her around as well. Jack manages to make his way inside inside the gates and kind of sneaks away, and Kate chases after him. Then we get to our clock. So big big stuff at the end here. Let's go over the end for that very last scene first. So what, thoughts on that one, one Maxwell? Jeez, well, I mean, the that that whole final sequence was just bonkers. Like I was saying earlier, it, it it's sort of at the pinnacle of what Twenty Four does best, which is like uh, an in, you know incredibly well um, shot and exciting action sequence, coupled with your he- uh, hero Jack Bauer making some really questionable decisions. Like, okay, he knocked the guard out and took his gun, and then you figure he's going to just start shooting into the air, which would be enough. But then he has to go and shoot these two dudes in the leg. It's like, really, Jack? Really? I I almost feel like because Jack is so resigned to his fate as being a traitor and, you know, he's never going to be in the clear that he's like, well, might as well shoot these guys in the leg. Uh, What a way to end the episode. Yeah, I was like, wow, 24 is back. I was like, for sure, it it, it 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 had an ending. That's, I mean, they're all cliffhangers, technically, but it had a one where it's like, oh, that's it. Like that's that's all I got. Um, they've done something. I mean, we've never seen twenty four go to this before. I mean, just Jack shooting civilians. Oh, for sure. I mean, that's so it's. Um, but in terms of kind of the where it leaves us, it's like, oh my god, <laughs> that right away. But yeah, certainly, and on a you know, on a moral a moral a morality address, no less. Of, what Jack feels he needs to do to get the job done. With one of those guys, and this doesn't condone anything, but when Jack's initially walking to the embassy, he's like kind of passing through people. One of them does like stop him, or like at least says like, "Hey, watch out" or something like that. Is that one of the guys Jack shoots? I think it is. <laughs> Might be. Again, that doesn't condone being shot in the leg, but I feel like there's one of the one of the unruly people he passes through is one of the ones that kind of gets minor can come up and for his actions. <laughs> um, doesn't make it right, but it's still. I thought it was kind of funny. That's what. That's what I thought I picked up anyway. Uh, brutal shots, by the way. They just. I mean, you can yeah, only. There, see- there was some CG blood ad- additive in there. You can only. Was- yeah, you can only show a gunshot through a leg in so many ways. But it's like, oh my god, like that. <laughs> that guy's not going to walk again. Yeah, it just got all weird. Like, I thought Jack was taking off his jacket and stuff to to Blended. look different than when he did when he was going to get that card. And then he held on to he put the jacket around his gun. I'm like, what's he doing? I just figured he was really like, hot. Yeah. So oh, yeah. <laughs> He's wearing a lot of leather. I mean <laughs> Yeah. But and then he did that. I just did not see that coming. I did not I didn't even think him shooting like his gun in the air like even would be a possibility. It just came out like, whoa. I thought his main plan was to just escape, but and he tossed his bag aside too. You wonder what's going Yeah. He's got something going on with that bag. He's gonna I get some place. Jack Bauer, I mean, if Jack Bauer were a superhero, which he is. His satchel, yeah. His satchel is like his weapon of choice. It's like his bag of tricks. It's like he has all of his gear in there. His rappling hook, laser gun, imaginary, or rather invisible lasso. All of his... It's his bag of holding. I got it. Yeah. I I did enjoy the way it kind of brought everyone together, or at least brought Kate, Eric, and Jack, and even Tanner to an extent, since he's in the area. I mean, he's like right around the corner. He's in the building somewhere. I liked how it brought them all together, given that, you know, again, we're on, you know, we only have so many episodes. I like that we're constantly kind of having this collection of characters intertwined with each other as opposed to keeping them separate as long as we can before we finally have them meet up for some kind of confrontation. So it'll be, once again, neat to see where it goes next week, obviously, since Kate's once again chasing after Jack Bauer, who keeps getting in his way, and will bring us slightly likely closer to having them, you know, team up, as we can only expect them to do. Definitely. 
I think it's only a matter of time before Kate, who is proving to be very capable, pieces together what Jack is doing. And since she's already on her way out anyways, becomes his, his new assistant. But it also makes me wonder what the potential for Eric getting shot is, given that you don't always see threesomes running around in 24, but twosomes seem like a more common thing. So I'm wondering, is Eric long for this show? Is he, is he going to stick with these guys? I hope so. Because if there's one, if there's, yeah, it'd be nice. It'd be nice to not, you know, not deal with the character death. But if there's one way to prove Jack Bauer's innocent, it's him, you know, protecting Kate while someone else gets sacrificed in the process. (laughs) (laughs) I can't remember if we talked about this in our last episode, and if we did, forgive me. But thus far, I mean, uh, one of the big deals about this new miniseries was the setting, and that's London. Do you, you know, as as the show continues, do you feel like they're using it? well or is it just sort of another invisible setting where stuff's going on because they even went so far as to shoot on location for sure um from what i see it's 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 not something that's like defining the season so far for me i would say but at the same time i mean you recognize obvious things like hey we're using the subway and hey this is a stupid one but everyone's driving on the other side of the road um but they're in a pub but yeah you have a pub you have the kind of the countryside layer that i've described earlier like there's elements there that certainly provide a a more, you know, a unique, a more unique, that doesn't make any sense, a unique feel to this season given it's clearly not L.A. again and it's clearly not New York being, L.A. disguised as New York again either. Right. I guess I, guess I just, um, I'm kind of, I kind of wish it hadn't have been CIA London and it had just been Interpol or something. Or MI, MI5. MI6, yeah. MI5, whatever, so there were more British agents running around. But regardless, I'm definitely really interested in the Parliament thing and I hope in the next episode, we were kind of uh, led astray this week, and, and Heller just, like, snaps on and just, like, rips them all a new one and takes command as he should. Oh, I, I foresee, like, some kind of Martin Sheen speech next week that he gives and silences everybody at the same time. <laughs> but uh, get, getting back to what you are just saying, though, about, you know, say, prefer, seeing, seeing CIA over MI5 or whatever, Interpol, I think that comes down to what this show is. I think it's tw- 24... I, I feel like it would face some kind of bad public or bad reputation or whatever you want to call it if it was were to use like an international uh, police force. In, Scotland, in, in, yeah, they it's, could have, it's, uh, they it's, could have crossed over with MI5 or Spooks. Yeah. <laughs> but if it, if it did that, it would kind of be, not betray, but take away from I guess what's established about the series that's very American. Yeah. Uh, given you know Jack Bauer and who he's working with and represents and you know is obviously um, have been ostracized from do you think ctu still exists or has it been disbanded hasn't it been disbanded like was it well, they were just trying to start it up in season eight again oh yeah that's true it's the fresh start of it so I, but we don't know yeah i i get we'll see we'll see, we'll see if mckelty will get pox up nine, tony and michelle will both be back alive running ctu in the the underground of London. We'll, yeah, we'll find out. Yes. That, we'll find. We'll also find out that David Palmer's twin was assassinated, or his lookalike was assassinated, and he's been living underground for all these years. There's one other thing I wanted to mention. Yeah. The the character I can't remember his name, but Boudreaux's assistant. Oh, that guy. Yeah. His <laughs> voice is so slimy and weaselly. That <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the actor in other things, and he's so perfect for the role. Because Clark. I his name is Clark. Yeah, Clark. He walks in the room and he talks, and I'm like, ah, like making me wretch almost. He's like the perfect 24 slimy bureaucratic assistant. He, but even then, he's giving like looks to Mark when he's talking about, yeah, I'll give it to the president. Like it seems like he, he might be 
in the know as well on like I don't I don't know about that call, but we'll see. We'll see where his loyalties truly lie. I suspect. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've talked over the other thing that happened of Margot watching Simone have sex with her husband, boyfriend, whatever. I, I don't think she was intentionally trying yeah. to be voyeuristic. I think it was just showing that she is aware of everything that's going on in the house. She does know that Navid has expressed doubts about the pending attacks. She does know that Navid is secretly consuming alcohol, which I thought it was interesting that, uh, Simone made it clear that Margot wouldn't like that. Uh, well, and- Plus, Naveed's a little uneasy about everything because Simone's having to sleep with other dudes. Mm-hmm. Right, right. And she, once again, Simone is using her, you know... Feminine her wiles. Femininity. Yeah, I said... I, I didn't want to say feminine wiles because I've used that phrase a lot. Her femininity to get men to do what she wants. Yeah, and well, I certainly don't think Margot is... Is being is being a voyeur on these scenes as much as just you know keeping track of things. She basically just needed like a cat in her hand to stroke while watching this to look even more evil than she already did because it's like oh my god <laughs> this woman sees everything she knows all she's her own CCT camera. <laughs> Not much else I guess I mean we'll see where we'll see what happens with Heller next week when he you know inevitably gives some kind of speech. But and we'll see what happens once Jack Marat makes it into the embassy. He really pulled off a miracle there, all things considered. Yeah, he knows how to control. He, recre- he recreates the opening of Argo. <laughs> he, yeah, he just does. so he can get into the embassy. He knows how to control chaos, that's for sure. Yeah, especially when he's the, you know the the bringer of chaos. That's Jack Bauer's uh, comic book name, the bringer of chaos. <laughs> so with all that said, uh, I think we've already pretty much discussed that we like this episode. I mean it. We've like we've liked the you know we're three for we're three out of twelve so far on this on this season, uh, three for three. I can keep emphasizing yeah that I I enjoyed this episode quite a bit. I thought it was fun. It was very fast. These move these episodes move by really quickly, which is something I always remember about twenty four. Even in its weakest stages, I mean it's not it's it's one where I can I can always see why people binge watch this show because it moves so quickly and you want to see more and more of it because it ends on places where you're like ah. Let's or going. if you watch it week to week and you see that clock ticking, you're like, oh, no, there's only X amount of minutes left. Yeah. Well, the thing that gets me in every episode is when they're on like a not the final cliffhanger, but the second to final cliffhanger where the the you know, the image is taking up the the entirety of the screen and then slowly minimizes into a small box in the corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're just like you're always in that moment. You're like, oh, no, it's almost over. What's he going to do? How's he going to get out of it? And then you have all these, like, multi-screen images going on. You're like, which one's it going to be? Which one are we going to end on? Yeah. <laughs> which is it going to be? You, like, picture one of those, like, arcade games where you win tickets, where you press a button and the light's going around, and it's like... exactly. Okay, we're going to Jack at the embassy. Or there's, like, a number you call in. Like, all in now, just use your ending on this one. Steve Harvey's off to the side, like, pointing. It's like, one, four, three, two... That's how Steve Harvey reads numbers. Um, all right, so before we wrap up here, let's do another edition of Who is the Mole. Let's vary. Let's vary it up a bit. A bit. Let's say who's who's more evil. Do we think at this point, Adrian, who we maybe know might have other things going on, or Mark, who seems very clearly to be one that's not on the level. Mark. Mark's evil. Like Mark may not be working with the bad guys, but right now, man, geez, slap that guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm basing this based on who I more want to see Jack Bauer punch in the face, <laughs> and that is definitely Mark. That's the best way to go, I think. Like, who do we I, want, I want to see Jack, Jack Bauer? Bauer to ride in on a white unicorn, park Munch in the Mark and punch Mark in the face, and like take Audrey with him and be like, 
I finally come back for you. I want to see him park Munch in the face, too. Um, Park Munch. <laughs> Why we gotta bring Munch into this? I'm sorry, Richard Belzer deserves to be on 24, though. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> He'd be oh, a great man. like CTU foil for Jack for Jack Bauer. <laughs> I think we've come full circle with that one. Yeah. Um, all right. So what's uh, what's happening on next week's episode, uh, Brandon? Next week on 24, we have hours 2 p.m. to 3 p.m. With the threat escalating, Jack Bauer heads to the U.S. Embassy as the CIA closes in on him. Elsewhere, Margot asserts her authority with unthinkable force, President Heller faces members of Parliament, and Kate Morgan takes matters into her own hands. On 24. Beep boo. That's, that's good stuff. I'm sure we'll be quite I checked the I checked the listing, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, the events will occur in real time. Oh, good. Thank you. for coming. Oh. <laughs> No, that was close. We'll see where that goes. But now we are now nearing the end of our transmission for the week. Uh, feel free to email us or follow us on Twitter. Um, we are at JC AdventureCast. Email is jcadventurecast at gmail.com and our Facebook page, facebook.com slash you guessed it, JC AdventureCast. And be sure to check out the other shows on our uh, podcast network here. The 24th the Jack and Chloe AdventureCast is on the HHW LOD Podcast Network, which hosts this show along with a number of other shows, including the Icapod Cranecast, which Brandon Max and I hosted, talking about the show uh, Sleepy Hollow, which is currently on hiatus until next season. Uh, and which, by the way, will have uh, 16 episodes next season, as a, or even 18. 18 episodes, yeah. Mm-hmm. 18 episodes as opposed to 13, so you can expect a lot of uh, great Ichabod Cranecast episodes come this uh, September. Yeah, we're going to have our work cut out for us, apparently. Oh, yeah. Um, but, of course, there's other shows, including Out Now, Theron and Abe, which has rec- which just recently recorded its 150th podcast episode, at which features Brandon and Maxwell. As well as myself mm-hmm. and my co-host Abe and friend of the show Scott Mendelson from Forbes, they uh, saved the best one for 150. There you go. Um, really spectacular. Listen in. Yeah, for sure. It's a, a lot of work was going on in the episode. Uh, but yeah, okay. With all that said, where can people find more of your work, Brandon? You can find my work on <clears throat> my blog, uh, Naptown Nerd, which is naptownnerd.blogspot.com. I'm currently writing about the X-Men movies. Um, also, oh. I write for Why So Blue which is uh, YSOBlue.com, where I review Blu-rays and have a weekly Blu-ray wishlist piece. Um, and I'm on Twitter, um, at BTPeters. Maxwell? You can follow me on Twitter at twitter.com slash cinemaxwell. Similarly, uh, I run my blog at cinemaxwell.com, where I will also be working on, a, uh, probably briefer than Brandon, but still a, a retrospective on the past X-Men movies uh, sometime uh, this upcoming weekend. Um, I also write for theyoungfolks.com, where I am currently posting weekly uh, recaps of 24, which you should check out. Uh, that's www.theyoungfolks.com. And I'm also uh, writing about Penny Dreadful there, the new Showtime horror series. Was that good? Was that good? It was. Okay, i got to check that out. Um, I also do uh, write for the Young Folks. Uh, I write about Mad Men and the Americans. Um, but I also write for WhySoBlue.com. I have my own personal blog, TheCodeIsZeke.com, and you can follow me at Twitter.com slash PS 4 So with that, our show, The 24 Jack and Chloe Adventure Cast, is on iTunes. We do have our own separate feed now, and we do need your help to give us re- uh, reviews and ratings. It would help out the show. It would help other people find the show and just you know make us happier for doing this, which we are having to do anyway because we're talking about 24. That's How awesome is that, guys? We're talking about 24 all the time now. It's fun. Love Pretty it. awesome. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, look us up on iTunes, help us out, give us a re- writer, review, or rating. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it. 
until next time, so how about, Brandon, you read us a fun fact. Professor Charles Xavier from X-Men once tried to read Jack Bauer's mind. Now, he's sitting in a wheelchair. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Good night.